0: You're listening to the Sigron Show, episode number 176. In this episode, I'm speaking to Melanie Dodoro about how to build an authority on LinkedIn. Welcome to the Sigron Show. I'm your host Sigron, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, uplevel your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Melanie Dodoro, who is a leading expert on LinkedIn marketing and social selling, best-selling author, and international speaker. Her latest book, LinkedIn Unlocked, just came out, and I was curious to find out the latest on how to build an authority on LinkedIn. To learn more about Melanie Dodoro's new book and the exclusive bonuses that you get when you buy a copy, go to sigland.com forward slash 176. There you also find the show notes of this episode. I am super excited to be here with my dear friend, Melanie Tedoro, the LinkedIn expert. And we're going to talk about how to build your third on LinkedIn. Thank you for being back on the show, Melanie.
1: My pleasure, Sigrid. Always great to be with you.
0: Okay. We always get into some personal stuff. I remember in the last time we spoke, we were talking about you living in Spain, but something has changed. <laughs> Can you tell us about that before we dive into LinkedIn?
1: yeah absolutely so I moved from Canada to Spain six months ago and uh, my goal was I wanted to live in Europe so that was I wanted I have family in Europe and I, I wanted to live here and experience a new lifestyle and I chose Spain for one reason one reason only and that was weather so I wanted nice warm weather I wanted the sea and I wanted palm trees and so I've been here for six months and uh, I'm not loving it. It's not not the right fit for me. Uh, the other big, the really the biggest issue is when I first moved out to Spain, I went to visit my brother in the Netherlands, you know, like three weeks later, my brother and my sister out there. And so I'm with my brother and we're driving in the car. I said to him, you know, Dominic, I'm so excited. I'm so happy that I live so close to you now. He said, you know, Melanie, I was telling one of my friends, you know, my sister, she's so excited that she lives so close to me now. And my friend said, is your sister crazy? She lives in Spain. That's not close. And I was like, well, it is because instead of it taking 24 hours of flight time and travel time for me to come visit you, it only takes three. Here's the problem is I haven't been back to visit since November. And so I moved out here to be close to my family, to be close to my brother and get to know my little niece's nephews and my sister and her children. And it's not happening. So I'm going to give up the palm trees. I'm going to give up the warm weather. I'm going to buy a collection of umbrellas and I move (laughs) to Amsterdam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, there's a lot of Entrepreneur friends that live in Holland, in Spain, actually Netherlands, I think you're supposed to say Netherlands. And uh, so you will be quickly connecting there, I'm sure. I've already told my clients you're coming, so they're excited to see oh, you. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. It's a wonderful country, and Amsterdam's a fabulous city. It's an yeah. international city, so I'm super excited about moving there.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's come to LinkedIn. I get a lot of questions like, uh, okay, I'm a small business owner's why should I be on LinkedIn? Like, it's more fun on Facebook. I get my clients from Facebook. Facebook ads are cheaper. Some people do not understand why they should be on LinkedIn in the first place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a common question and a common situation where people are like, you know, I just find LinkedIn boring. There, it's not fun like Facebook. And here's the deal. It doesn't need to be. There's complete and total different purpose for using LinkedIn. Yes, it's not fun. Yes, it's not exciting. But you know what? Being able to generate a steady stream of leads and clients is pretty darn exciting for most businesses. <laughs> and that's what LinkedIn does. So if you, of course, just having a profile on LinkedIn isn't going to do that. You need to proactively use LinkedIn to get results. But, you know, it, it, absolutely. It's not a fun social platform. It's not a platform where you're sharing pictures of your, you know, your children and your dogs and the cat memes and stuff like that. It's a different purpose and you have to embrace that purpose. So, you know, all small business owners should be on it, whether they're a single business owner, a solopreneur, or they've got a team, but especially if they're B2B. So if you sell to other businesses, LinkedIn is the premier platform for you to be able to easily find the specific target audience that you want to connect with.
0: Okay. So the first step would be to create a profile, but how do you actually become an authority on LinkedIn?
1: Well, the first thing is actually having a great profile. One of the things that's important to realize about LinkedIn is linked, your LinkedIn profile is an essential part of your personal brand. And today, when somebody's thinking about doing business with somebody, whether it's a large, large organization or a small business, it doesn't matter. They're still dealing with an individual. They want to know who that individual is. One of the places that people go to when they want to learn more about somebody is Google, of course. They go Google the name. And your LinkedIn profile is going to be one of the things that show up at the top of the search results. Now, whether it's in the first, second, or third position really doesn't matter because it's the place that they know that they can find out more about you professionally. And so it's usually going to be the first thing that they click which means it's the first online impression that you have. So you need to have a powerful and professional presence on LinkedIn before you can ever even think about building authority. You need to be able to you know, have a profile that speaks to people, especially your target market, your, your ideal clients, if you want them to be able to accept a connection request. Or if they're trying to do some research about you and learn a little bit more about you, you want to impress them. You've got seven seconds to impress them. That's all we have in the digital realm. Seven seconds. Your profile needs to do something to capture their attention right off the bat. Mm.
0: So I noticed because I was finally updating my profile, I guess it was in anticipation of talking to you today that I was wandering around on LinkedIn and seeing how I can update my profile by looking at your profile and some other people's profiles. And I noticed that many have quickly a call to action at the very top versus you know the old-fashioned bio which is typically what people did in the beginning so i know it's difficult to describe this in audio for someone listening but what is the essential pieces of a good profile
1: You know, I love what you mentioned about the call to action. So, you know, the summary section used to consist of an entire section that was visible as soon as somebody would land on your profile. With the new user interface, now they're only seeing the beginning of the summary and you have to click see more. And a lot of people will put a call to action right there. I actually don't like that personally because somebody's not going to land on your profile, see the call to action and be like oh, I need to connect with this person. I need to do exactly what they say. I need to go to their website or I need to email them. They're going to need to know more about you. They're going to explore a little bit more. Good you said that. (laughs) Yeah, so I actually don't like that approach. I think that you you need to, in every single thing that you do, you need to earn the right for the next step. So your profile needs to earn the right for somebody to click accept. Then from that, you need to earn the right to be able to have a dialogue and engage with them. And then you need to earn the right to be able to move that conversation offline. And there's things that you need to do to do that. And it, you know, I have a process, and I talk about this in my book, The LinkedIn Unlocked, my brand new book. I want to keep saying The LinkedIn Code, which is my old book. But my brand new book, uh, LinkedIn Unlocked, I talk about this five-step process, which I call the link method, which is going from cold connection to offline conversation because it's offline you convert a client to a prospect but there's steps that need to happen along the way and you need to build rapport and you need to engage people and you need to build a relationship and earn some trust before people are willing to you know have a conversation with you offline Some aren't going to be ready for that at this point in time you never know what's going on in somebody's life they might not need what you have right now they might be going through a, a divorce or some stressful event in their life or a health challenge of their own or somebody in their family. You, their business might be you know, challenged. They might be short of staff. Who knows what's going on? And so one of the things that you need to do is you need to continue to use LinkedIn to stay connected, to stay engaged, to stay top of mind through sharing content, through engaging with people, through uh, posting thoughtful responses to other people's you know, uh, LinkedIn posts or articles. And there's a lot of things that you can do to really stay top of mind and start to build your authority. I talk about the content marketing act. This is another section in my book, which is, you know, the whole act of content marketing is to create authority, credibility, and trust. And there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, we don't just trust somebody right away. You know, one of the things I used to talk about too is You never sell online in terms of, you know, a a service, you know, a high ticket service. Yes, we can sell online courses and we can sell books and stuff like that online. But, you know, larger packages that people are going to buy involves actually speaking to somebody. So the sales pitch should never happen online. The sales pitch should never happen until you've explored and asked questions and learned everything about your prospects' problems, their challenges. Do you actually have the solution for it? And if so, after you've learned about them, then you can offer your solution. None of those sales pitches should happen online or during, you know, an interaction on social media. It's offline that you have those conversations and can learn more.
0: Mm. So the profile is the first step, you know, through some uh, good summary, a good profile, I get found if I'm building an authority. Yes. Now, in addition to a good profile, what's the next step in actually becoming that authority on LinkedIn?
1: Just exactly what I was just talking about. And sorry, you know what? I didn't completely answer the profile question. Uh, so, you know, I will share some tips on that if we can just maybe backtrack a little bit because I went from, you know, the profiles one step and then, you know, there's these other things that you want to do. But, you know, the profile needs to be much more client focused than most people's profiles are. Most people are talking in their profile in third person, or it's more bio-like, or it's got nothing at all. And so your profile really needs to speak to who your ideal clients are, the specific problems that they have, and the solutions that you offer, so that they know in connecting with you, they know in engaging with you that, hey, you might be a person that can solve the problems that they have. And so that's the first step. And then the second step is to, you know, share content. Add multimedia to your profile. Add video. Add different multimedia that can, you know, make your profile, A, more visually appealing, and B, let people know more about you. One of the things that you can do is share articles on LinkedIn Publisher. Those articles live within your profile. So they are going to start to position your authority on your topic. So if you're educating people, and of course, if you're producing high-quality content, that's essential, you can't just, you know, throw up an article. It's got to be high quality. It's got to educate people. You know, every single piece of uh, material that you create, every content that you create is solving a little micro problem. And a lot of people are a little, really worried about solving all the problems through their content because they're like, well, then nobody's going to hire me. Well, at the end of the day, not everybody is interested in the do-it-yourself solutions many people, the people that are actually going to buy from you, those people are actually wanting to hire an expert to do it for them. So you never have to worry about that because there's the people that are going to consume your free content are going to consume it for free anyways and not buy anything from you. But they might become advocates of you and share your content. Like every single week when I publish my blog post, I have tons of people out there sharing it.
0: Yes, I've noticed and tweeting out. Yes. Right.
1: And these people aren't buying from me. But they're sharing my message. They're expanding the reach of it to many people who will. Mm.
0: And you've done something smart when you are writing a new article. I don't know if you do this always, but you, you tell people on LinkedIn about it and get maybe some quotes or answers to include in the article and then when it's time to publish it, you can basically tag the people and then they automatically share because we do love when we're mentioned somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do that from time to time. I don't do that often, but every once in a while, I'll do like a roundup article where I'll either go directly to people and say, hey, you know, provide me your best tip on this or answer this one question. I'm gonna include it in this article. Other times I've just said, hey, you know, I'll leave a comment you know, let me know if you're okay with me sharing your comment. So yeah, it can be done in a very informal way like that, or it can be done in a more formal way, which is a roundup article, which is like, you know, my 25 top, you know, social selling expert article or my 19 top digital marketing expert article. You know, those are where I'm collecting those specifically from people. But yeah, it's a great idea. You can do that all the time. You know, if you're posting an article or video or some kind of something and you want input from people, you can just mention them in it.
0: Do you think that's a part of building an authority on LinkedIn? Is also to interact with people that are also already authority, and possibly including them when you're writing about something.
1: Absolutely, there's uh, you know third-party credibility. really important and that happens in a number of different ways so you know when people are giving you testimonials or or recommendations or they're introducing you to somebody or you're associated with them somehow there's a a level of third-party credibility so for example if i have somebody that's endorsed my book and you know sigrin you were one of the people that endorsed my book and so the people in your community when they know that that you've endorsed my book if they've never heard of me before there's an element of trust there and there's an element of authority there because it's like, well, if Sigrin's endorsed her, it must be good, right? So that's something that's really important in everything that you do in the marketing world, especially with LinkedIn, is, is gathering that, you know, that social proof and leveraging that third party credibility in whether it's of articles that you publish or recommendations. And recommendations are very important.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you if they're still important. I remember them
1: being important, but is that still the case? They're always gonna be important, and here's why. You know, anybody can put up a fake testimonial on their website, right? You know, we see them all the time. Barb T. Who's Barb T? Is there a Barb T? It's a Barbie. Does Barb have a last name, or Mark S? You know, a testimonial is not a real testimonial unless it's got first name, last name, title, or company name, city, or country. It's got information about that person. And so what's different about a LinkedIn recommendation is all that information is there and it's a clickable link. To the person, yeah, question, yeah. So nobody can fake a LinkedIn recommendation, unless of course they've gone ahead and set up a whole bunch of fake profiles. But if they've set up a whole bunch of fake profiles and, and recommended themselves through it, all you have to do is click on that profile and go to it and see, oh my gosh, that person only has five connections. (laughs) This isn't really a legitimate uh, recommendation. So yeah, you know, social proof has been around forever. You know, companies have been using this forever with client testimonials, celebrity endorsements. It's never going to change because when somebody is in doubt of what decision to make, they look at the decisions that others have made to help them decide. Amazon has this figured out reviews. How do we buy products? You know, hotels and and, and travel. But Amazon's great because, you know, people are looking at their products on Amazon and they're looking at the reviews. And those reviews hold so much weight in terms of the decisions that people are going to make you know my book's just launched and i need to gather some reviews on there right away and there's going to be lots of people that are going to read my book and say oh it's a great book but they're not going to think to do a review so i'm going to have to remind people this is really important guys you know thanks so much for telling me my book's great but you know what you'd be doing me a huge favor if you could go to amazon and post that review it makes all the difference same thing with linkedin recommendations you know if somebody's looking at two different people to possibly do business with Well, one's got two recommendations and the other's got 25.
0: Yeah. No doubt. (laughs) Where we go. (laughs) But you say we do business, you know, people do business with people. Are then company pages still relevant?
1: It's a great question. One that always comes up. So you need a company page if you're going to have, if you have a business, because if you don't in your profile, in your LinkedIn profile, uh, the company is going to show up with a gray box instead of oh, a it's like a logo.
0: gray avatar, like a no, no brand.
1: So to speak. Right. it looks unprofessional. So, you know, you want to have a company page, but here's the thing. People will always say to me, you know, Melanie, how do I get more traction with my company page? My answer is you don't, you don't worry about it because here's the thing. People deal with people, not logos.
0: It's just there. You it's just need just to there. have it.
1: If you want to do any advertising, you need a company page. You know, for that purpose, it's good. If you want to do sponsored posts and hi- and targeting, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you should have it, you know, if you've got a, a company, but... At the end of the day, people are going to deal with people and it's through your personal profile that the magic happens. It's through your personal profile that you can build real relationships. It's through your personal profile that you can stay in touch with people and and engage with people and remain top of mind with them as well. So the magic is all in the personal profile.
0: That's great. But I noticed I had built a company page while back, but I was not connected. And I noticed when you set the gray logo. So, yes. as I was preparing for this episode, I was doing all of this stuff. So, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you bring up a great point. So, if you created a company page after the fact and you already had your business in there, even if you have a company page, it's still going to have the great, you know, the grayed out thing. So, what you all you have to do is you go back into your profile, you change the company you enter in the exact same name and then the dropdown will come. You click on the dropdown with your company name and then it'll be connected. So that's a great point because many people might have company pages but it's not connected because they did it after the fact.
0: Yeah. So when I had done that, I was looking at your profile too. <laughs> of <course>. Sneakily, sneakily <laughs> learning everything from you. And I noticed that you were working at least twice for your own company. Please explain why.
1: Yeah, so well, you know, you only have two thousand characters in the description of uh, your, you know, work experience section. And so, you know, I have two different areas of my business. So one is my company, Top Dog Social Media, and the services that we provide, which consist of, you know, social selling and and LinkedIn related services, whether it's done for you or, you know, a number of different social selling and LinkedIn related services. But then I'm also a speaker. And so I want to have room to list out all the different keynote presentations that I offer so that I can highlight that as well. So I've got multiple positions for that purpose.
0: Yeah. I thought it was super smart because it gave you, uh, I don't know, more space also when you go to your profile versus seeing past jobs. I was seeing more of you and what yes. to do.
1: Absolutely. You want people to be focusing on what you do currently versus, you know, what you might have done 15 or 20 years ago.
0: Mm. so people don't have to be friends with everyone you know you can actually be a follower of a person you know I'm thinking back on the original question of authority and if I'm there as, as an individual and I do not accept maybe every friend request can you still build an authority that way or is there an ultimate authority you know page or
1: something to go towards too so the only way that you can collect follow, uh, have followers on your page is if you're publishing articles. So once you're publishing articles, people can click the follow button so that they can get notified of future articles that you do. And so for that reason, you want to absolutely be publishing articles so that you have that ability to grow followers that aren't even necessarily connections. And people can also see the number of followers that you have. And this comes down to that whole social proof thing again. You know, there's people out there that are claiming to be, you know, LinkedIn experts or social selling experts that have a very, very small following. And so, you know, you can immediately tell the difference between a real expert and somebody who's just putting on the expert hat and saying, hey, look at me, I'm an expert, with those follower numbers because, you know, I, I remember years ago, this is many years ago, but I know this guy that was starting a new marketing company and he left his corporate job and he's like, yeah, Melanie, you know, I'm starting this company. I have this new website. I want to show it to you and get your feedback. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, so you're going to help people with marketing. I thought it was more like advertising marketing. And then he had this, this link, this section where he was going to help people with social media. And I'm like, do you even use social media? Because, like, I know we're connected on Facebook and you've got like, you know, 25 friends, but uh, like, do you have a Twitter profile? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Look, I've got 77 followers. And I'm like, okay, so let me understand this exactly. You are offering services to help businesses with social media marketing, but you don't know how to do it yourself. And he's like, oh, well, Melanie, do you think you could train me? And I'm like, no. No, I don't think I could because I'm not going to encourage setting people loose to go take advantage of businesses, charge businesses money and not deliver any results, you know. So there's a lot of evidence out there that you can see, you know, who truly is an authority through Googling their name, through looking at their LinkedIn profile, through reading their content, through looking at, you know, their whole social presence,
0: So it makes a lot of sense to start to write those articles. I have been one of those holding back. So now you have (laughs) inspired me
1: to get going. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. So, you know, you don't need to make this extra work because let's face it, as business owners, we are tapped out in terms of things that we need to do, the list is endless. And so this is one of the reasons why I focus so much on LinkedIn, because there's very specific things you can do on LinkedIn that can get better results than almost everything else you do combined, if you do it properly. But we only have so much time to create content. And so, you know, if you're publishing blog posts on your, your website, repurpose them in LinkedIn, meaning you do not need to create a separate article for LinkedIn. Yeah, you need to take 10 minutes to upload it there, and it is going to take a little bit of extra time, but you can repurpose it. I always post on my website first so that it's indexed by Google there, and then I repurpose it afterwards on my LinkedIn profile in a LinkedIn publisher uh, post. With exact
0: same copy? Exact same
1: copy. Same image, same everything. The rumors are you can't. Nope, that's not, absolutely not true because it's been indexed on Google already on your website. Mm-hmm. So your, your website is the first place that it's there, so it doesn't affect your rankings. But here's, the, here's what happens. And this is actually really, really cool. Your website, even though it's tagged as the original source of this content, and LinkedIn is not, it's duplicate content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has 10 times, 100 times, a million times more powerful Google indexing than your website will ever have. And so your article can be picked up in the search results on, on Google through your LinkedIn Publisher account, even though it might be showing up on page 10 on your website. So an example of this is I have an article that I wrote years and years and years ago. It's an old one, it's actually, I think, the first article I published on LinkedIn Publisher and it's on LinkedIn etiquette. And if you do a search on Google, it usually shows up in the very top uh, position through my LinkedIn profile on the LinkedIn publisher account. It was published a year earlier on my website, (laughs) and yet Google is, is ranking the one on LinkedIn publisher in the number one spot. So this is the other advantage that people don't realize. You can get found in Google Uh, where you might not have been otherwise. Google drives 66 plus percent of the traffic to my website every single month, organic traffic. Google's important. I talk about social media a lot. Social media is what I do, but you know what? Google is very, very important. And I would never leave out anything related to Google. And that's why you know, I blog regularly and I, I optimize my blog posts. So I do the exact same thing in LinkedIn profiles and through the content I create in LinkedIn. Everything's optimized for search to be found, whether it's through LinkedIn or whether it's through Google.
0: But LinkedIn basically helps you be found even if it's original on your website. I think that's a brilliant reason to absolutely. publish those articles
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: so what about groups i know we've spoken about this before but the question comes up again and again have they done something to improve
1: the groups they have not <laughs> uh they have not however they're trying to so they're trying to bring momentum back to them and quite honestly i don't know how they will i don't think they'll be successful at it because what, once momentum has died Momentum has died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, people are not using them. And, you know, it's funny because I, I just did my book launch and I, I created a Facebook group for all the people that want to support my launch. And I also have an online training program and it's a LinkedIn and social selling training program. And I have a Facebook group for that. People are like, Melanie, I don't understand. You know, you're teaching a course on LinkedIn. Or you're writing a book on LinkedIn and you've got a Facebook group and I'm like yes because Facebook groups are better and so everything that I look at I look at what is the best you know results where are things gonna be optimal you know and so the one downside for me in using a, a Facebook group for my course or training for example is that not everybody uses Facebook believe it or not some people that use LinkedIn are not on Facebook and so for those people it's a problem they wouldn't be going to the LinkedIn group anyways. That's kind of how I can balance it out. But yeah, you look at what is the best tool for every single thing. So for me, the best tool is Facebook groups. For me, the best tool for generating new leads and clients is LinkedIn and having a, you know, a, a specific plan of action to find your ideal prospects, to connect with them, to engage with them, build a relationship with them, move that conversation offline. There's no better place you can do that. You can't do that with Facebook. Just randomly go send connection requests or Facebook friend requests to random people and then send them a message. You know, on Facebook, it's not right because it, it doesn't feel authentic. This is a personal network and you're wanting to talk to me about business. and I don't even know who you are. And on your Facebook profile, it doesn't have anything about your business or who you are, your background or your credibility. Or There's so many things that are missing to be able to do that anywhere else.
0: Yeah. So your book is just out. Let's talk about the book. Why was there an update needed? You already lo- wrote a book on LinkedIn and now there's a second one. What has changed?
1: Oh my goodness, everything's changed. So my last book was published in 2014 and everything has changed. Everything's changed in terms of the user interface. The functionality has changed. Uh, features that were available back then are no longer available. Uh, there's some new features. They've moved a lot of things from the free account to sales navigators. So there's been so many changes. But in addition to that, strategically, everything's changed too. Because over time, you, know, you have to adapt. As more and more people start doing something that you've learned how to do that you know, was working initially, fatigue sets in and just too many people doing the same thing. And so it stops working. And so I had to literally, my book is an an update of my last book. Initially, that was my plan as I started to write it. It was just gonna be, you know, an updated version of the LinkedIn code. It was gonna talk about all the changes that have happened. And as I was going through it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, no, 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 everything's changed. The strategies changed, the best practices have changed. It requires different things now. And so the book is a brand new book with a brand new formula and strategic approach. And so it's very, very different from the last one.
0: Mm. And you have several formulas in the book that you have already mentioned in this episode, but just repeat them for the audience so that they know actually the the frameworks they, they can expect.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the uh, formulas I talk about is the LinkedIn domination formula, which is really about if you're going to use LinkedIn as a lead generation tool. There's a number of different things. So you know, starting up with the personal brand, making sure you look like a rock star on LinkedIn before you get going. Uh, you know, then making sure that your profile is really speaking to your ideal clients and mapping that out, making sure that you're speaking their language, and then I mean, it goes through various different processes from you know that lead generation process and and how you're going to reach out, and introductions, getting introductions, and measuring the KPIs, and what are the key performance indicators that you want to be paying attention to. And within the LinkedIn domination is what I call the link method, which is that five-step process of finding the prospects, connecting with them, engaging with them, building a relationship with them, and moving the conversation offline where you can convert them. So those formulas, then of course, there's the content marketing act, which is what you need to do to build authority, credibility, and trust. What else is there? What am I missing?
0: (laughs) Well, I think for the rest, everyone has to get the book. We'll link link your book in the show notes, of course. Melanie, I know you are very busy now in your book launch, lots of interviews, blog posts coming out. I just want to say congratulations. I know... Well, I haven't finished my first book so maybe I don't know, but I would say I can see based on interacting with you how much work this has been and I you know you must be quite proud of yourself and, and a bit tired that it's
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no it, you know what it is a lot of work. It's it's very rewarding. It's great when you can get you know, your information out there to a much larger group of people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford that information, whether it's through, you know, a done-for-you type service or a one-on-one type service. So it turned out 10 times better than I expected. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be the, the go-to LinkedIn and social selling resource available.
0: Perfect ending to the interview, Melanie. Congratulations on your book, everybody. Go and get it and make sure you give Melanie a review because we know how challenging it to get review online. So thank you for being on the show, Melanie, and wish you best of luck with your book.
1: Thank you so much, Sigrid.
0: To learn more about Melanie Dodoro's new book, LinkedIn Unlocked, and the exclusive bonuses that you receive when you buy a copy, go to signalcom forward slash 176. There you also find the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Zigron Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.